Hi, my name is Nina Bosky, and I'm the host of a special investigation series of Maryland Behind the Icon during the 60th anniversary of the star's death, where we'll look into the mystery and break down for you, the audience, of what the facts are versus the lies around the star that have been plaguing her for over six decades. We have some of the top Maryland experts with me on the panel. Gary Vitaco Robles, icon, lifetimes in films of Marilyn Monroe, and April Via Via, now Chambers, Marilyn Monroe, A Day in the Life, and Donald McGovern, Murder Orthodoxies, a non-conspiracy view of Marilyn Monroe's death. Each week, we will break down for you what is fact, what is probable theory, and what is outlandish rumor. So with that said, let's get started. I'm Nina Bosky again for Behind the Icon. And in June of 2020, Mark Shaw investigates in his book, Collateral Damage, the connection between the mysterious deaths of motion picture siren Marilyn Monroe, President John F. Kennedy, and What's My Line TV star and investigative reporter Dorothy Kilgallen. Well, this book, we decided to break it down for you in small bites so you can digest who the players are and how it fits in. So all season long, we're going to be taking these books and we're going to be breaking them down, in some cases debunking some of this information that's out there. So Donald, let's talk about the alleged friendship between Marilyn Monroe and Dorothy. Uh, Was there a friendship? I don't think there's, or I haven't discovered any evidence to, to substantiate that there was a friendship, and certainly not a good friendship. They weren't bosom buddies, in other words. And I would have to agree. Um, Dorothy Kilgallen was a gossip columnist, and so you know Monroe had to play the game with all of the press. But Kilgallen was not particularly kind to Marilyn in her columns, and she was always looking to dig up dirt, which was oftentimes unsubstantiated. The only time I've ever seen them together is in the January 1960 press conference for the beginning of the production of Let's Make Love. And Marilyn is photographed with her. And Marilyn was photographed with most of the members of the press and her co-stars for that event to publicize the production of her film. But if you look in Marilyn's address books where she kept the phone numbers of close friends, intimate friends, but also professional contacts, um, Dorothy Kilgallen does not appear, and there's no known correspondence between them in Maryland's archives that have been photographed or gone to auction. Yeah, and, and, you know, Donald, you wrote a very lengthy review on Mark Shaw's book, Collateral Damage, and, you know, a lot of what he says, particularly as the setup, as if they are friends and there's this kind of sparring energy uh, between them, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of basis for what he's talking about, you know, leveraging what Gary's saying right now. What did you find? Well, there's, there's no evidence that they were friends. Maybe I shouldn't say friends. It, maybe that's a, a loose word. They were acquaintances. But uh, if you look at the photographs Gary mentioned, it's clear to me that Marilyn is not even the least bit interested in Dorothy Kilgallen. She seems yeah. to be ignoring her. And, and you know, there, there is a connection with Kilgallen and Robert Slatzer uh, about Monroe. 
Dorothy Kilgallen was a gossip columnist who had a syndicated column. I think it was called The Voice of Broadway. Is that correct, Donald? Yeah. And um, it was syndicated all across the United States. In 1952, when she went on vacation, Robert Slatzer, I think it was in August of 52, Robert Slatzer was like the guest columnist. And so when he penned her column during that period of time, he talked about meeting Marilyn on location during the Niagara production in May, June, 1952. So he talks about meeting her, recommending books to her and corresponding with her. And this, this is where I think the Dorothy Kilgallen connection to Monroe comes out um, related to her death because um, Slater later, you know, made all of these claims about marrying Marilyn and that Marilyn right, so was murdered. Back, let's back up the truck because there's a lot of people in the Maryland community. They're all going to know who Robert Slater is, but a lot of people don't know who he is and how incredible he is. Any of you uh, guys want to take a shot at Robert Slater? Oh, Donald, where to, where to begin? You know, he, he, he claimed to have married her and there's no evidence of that. In fact, the dates that he claims to have been in Mexico marrying her, for which, of course, there is no evidence that ever produced of the marriage or the dissolution of the marriage. But um, on the dates that he claims, there's uh, lots of evidence of, of Marilyn being in Los Angeles uh, shopping. Yeah. And and Donald, uh, you, you have a, a few things to say about Robert Slater, I'm sure, too. Well, Slater was a fraud. I mean, everything in his book regarding his relationship to Marilyn, the marriage, the friendship is all fabricated. Yeah. And Schleitzer was also heavily involved with Frank Capel. In fact, Frank Capel, Will Fowler uh, were involved in writing that book. Yeah, Robert Slater's book, The Life and Curious Death of Marilyn Monroe, which which really begins it all. I mean, when you talk about Robert Slater, Robert Slater is just a mouthpiece for Frank Capel. So to describe Capel, you know, he he was like a radicalized far right um, conservative propagandist, I would say. And um Let's let's back it. Let's back up the truck even further. There's a connection between Capel, Robert Slater, and Jack Clemens, who Clemens was one of three police officers who were the first on the scene of Marilyn's death, and these men conspired together to do lots of things, beginning with taking down a moderate Republican California senator in the '60s and then going after Robert Kennedy through Marilyn Monroe. So I think to, before we can even talk about Slater, we need to talk about Capel and Clemens. Yeah, yeah. and we, we will get to that because in this investigation series, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to break it down for people. We're going to start at the beginning. But in relation to Shaw's book and back, I just wanted to give people a reference in terms of who was Robert Slater at this time. So we're talking to talking about him and we use these, you know, these people as if we know them and all of you guys know them up, up close and personal. A couple of things you guys said about Marilyn Monroe and Dorothy. One of the things that I find very interesting about uh, these claims is one that you said, Gary, about her address book. And we found this happen with Jeannie Carmen as well. Yes. You know, you're friends with Marilyn Monroe. I don't know about you guys, but back in the day when I used to have an address book and we didn't have cell phones, et cetera, you know, 
people that were close to me, people that were my friends were in my address book. So the fact that she was nowhere in her address book, in my opinion, this is opinion, says a lot. Um, the other thing is, is something that you said, uh, Donald, in your, uh, you know, your blog about Mark Shaw's book is the fact that, you know, they would spar and sometimes Dorothy would go after uh, Marilyn in certain ways. And I'd like you to explain that in just a moment. But one of the things that I know to be true about Marilyn Monroe, she did not trust a lot of people. And especially not, not many women. Yeah. Not many women who are contemporaries. Mm -hmm. then, she didn't trust press either. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so you have the press, you have her going after her. What do you say to that, Donald? Well, I think Shaw basically undermines his own contention that they were friends or that he says in his book that Dorothy always spoke highly of Marilyn, which, of course, is not true. Dorothy once compared Marilyn's looks to a, to an unmade bed. Yeah. And what I find yeah. interesting is the is the references he makes to the story from uh, uh, Capote about what Marilyn said about Dorothy and the bar and all of that stuff. He just undermines everything he says about the friendship, even in his book. And geographically, Dorothy Kale Gallen, I believe, worked out of New York. She was a panelist on What's My Line, I believe, in the yes. yeah. mid and late 50s. Now, Marilyn was in New York during that time. That was her primary residence where she lived with her husband, Arthur Miller. There is, you know, in, in Miller's documentation and Norman Roston and the Strasburgs, uh, Dorothy Kilgallen is never mentioned, but she was a gossip columnist during that period of time when Marilyn was kind of domesticated and not making as, as many films. So, you know, she's not even photographed with Monroe until 1960 when she's on the West Coast for this 20th Century Fox hosted event on the studio lot. So, well, you know, geographically, they weren't um, connected. Well, and here's the other thing, guys, and this is what happens a lot. And this is why we really want to break this series down for people. There is a fact of something. There's a probable theory and there's an outlandish rumor. And in most of these books, including Mark Shaw's, and he does such a crafty job of writing as if he's writing facts. And yet when he mixes in a theory or an outlandish rumor with a fact, it appears like all of it is the truth when it's not. So well, he let's doesn't say, he doesn't tell his readers that when Marilyn had her press conference to announce the formation of Marilyn Monroe Productions, Dorothy Kilgallen wasn't invited. <laughs> but you know, but what we can say about Dorothy Kilgallen is she was obsessed with Marilyn Monroe. What and I think, that, well, if you if you read her columns, and I don't know if Mark Shaw did, but, you know, you can go on newspapers.com and you could read her column and note that Marilyn was often um, a subject. But also she became obsessed with Marilyn's death and started writing heavily about it. You know, it just just in, in, in writing my, my um, latest volume of the Icon series uh, focused on Marilyn's death, there was a syndicated column uh, that Kilgallen published through uh, August 22nd through the 26th, which was her belief that Marilyn had attempted suicide at the, at the Cal Naval Lodge in Lake Tahoe and that the police needed to look at that possibility while they were investigating her death. 
So she, um, she wrote extensively about Marilyn's death in the weeks following um, her death. And I think from maybe Mark Shaw's perspective and trying to find a way to link these women together, Dorothy Kilgallen also died by overdose. And there's a lot of people who believe that she was murdered and that she was murdered because of what she knew about the JFK assassination uh, or maybe what she knew about Marilyn's death. But there's uh, like conspiracy theorists surrounding Dorothy Kilgallen's overdose. Well, now you know the truth behind the premise of this book. The connection between Dorothy Kilgallen and Marilyn Monroe is just not true. So you have to ask yourself, what else in this book may not be true? Well, stay tuned as in our next episode, we will talk about the photos used in Shaw's book. Do photos ever lie? Well, we'll find out because here behind the icon in this special investigation series, the truth will be known.